0: A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Let me now sing of my friend, my friend's song concerning his vineyard. My friend had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He spaded it, cleared it of stones, and planted the choicest vines. Within it he built a watchtower and hewed out a wine press. Then he looked for the crop of grapes but what it yielded was wild grapes. Now inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judah judged between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I had not done? Why, when I looked for the crops of grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? Now I will let you know what I mean to do with my vineyard. Take away its hedge. Give it to grazing, break through its walls, and let it be trampled. Yes, I will make it a ruin. It shall not be pruned or hold, but overgrown with thorns and briars. I will command the clouds not to send rain upon it. The vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his cherished plant. He looked for judgment, but see, bloodshed. For justice, but hark, the outcry. The word of the Lord.
1: the house of israel
0: the, the vineyard of, of the, the lord is the house of israel. israel a vine from egypt you transplanted you drove away the nations and planted it it put forth its foliage to the sea it shoots as far as the river The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. Why have you broken down the walls, so that every passerby plucks its fruits? The boar from the forest lays its waste, and the beasts of the field feed upon it. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. Once again, O Lord of hosts, look down from heaven and see. Take care of this vine and protect what your right hand has planted, the Son of Man whom you yourself made strong. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. Then we will no more withdraw from you. Give us new life and we will call upon your name. O Lord, God of hosts, restore us. If your face shines upon us, then we shall be saved. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Brothers and sisters, have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. Keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Then the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Chosen you from the world, says the Lord, to go and bear fruit that will remain. alleluia 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 alleluia, 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 alleluia.
1: Lord be with you.
0: And with your spirit.
1: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory Lord, to you, Lord. O Lord. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, He sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again, he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the Scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord has this been done. And it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit—the gospel of the Lord.
0: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: A few years ago, a good friend of mine, longtime coworker, Gary. Um, Told us he was dying of liver cancer. And uh, he kind of joked about it a little bit, saying it was kind of ironic. You see, Gary was Baptist, and he always described himself as a good little Baptist boy who never had more than two beers his whole life. So to be dying of liver cancer, he thought was a little on the funny side. But that, you know, led to his talking about how much pain he was in and the suffering that he had. And I said, Gary, Well, have you ever heard of a a Catholic concept of something called redemptive suffering? Well, he hadn't. So I explained it to him. I said, you can take the pain in your own life, offer it to Jesus to unite it with his suffering on the cross for whatever the Lord wants to do with it. And because he's Baptist, of course, you have to have a a biblical reference. So I I told him, you know, St. Paul says that we're supposed to help make up what's lacking in the sufferings of Christ. And this is how you can help. Well, he got all watery-eyed and he said, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. He says, tell me a little bit more about what Catholics believe. He says, do you Catholics believe in once saved, always saved? I said, no, Gary, we don't. And he was a little shocked. I said, Gary, you can't stand up and say, I claim Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and then turn around and be a hitman for the mafia or run a brothel or live some other kind of debauched life. That was a little bit of a surprise to him, but I explained that after accepting Jesus, We have to reform our lives. We have to live a life that shows our conversion of heart and mind and that attempts to be faithful to the gospel even though we're going to mess up every now and then. You see, our Lord, Jesus, calls us as people of faith to live out our mission of bringing people to him, making disciples of the whole world as he commanded. It's a lifelong mission. He promises to help us with it, As long as we remain faithful workers in his vineyard. Now, throughout Jesus' ministry, as we heard today, he used the vine or the vineyard uh, metaphorically, symbolically in his preaching, Uh, images of himself and his church. You know, I am the vine, you are the branches, meaning, you know, we have to stay connected to him. You might remember last week, we read the parable of the two sons, one who worked in his father's vineyard doing his father's will, and the other one who did not, and how you know, some people say one thing and do another. We're expected to do the work in God's vineyard. Our mission to know, love, and serve God is accomplished by our knowing, loving, and serving each other thereby making disciples for him. Now the readings this Sunday that our church offers us start with a passage from the book of Isaiah about a vineyard so that we can understand the mindset of the chief priests and the elders when they hear the parable that Jesus is going to tell them. In fact, Jesus almost quotes it word for word. But the church wants us to hear what was there from Isaiah. Now Isaiah was telling the people of Israel in his day, that their neglect of God's covenants was about to bring disaster upon the nation. They were not taking care of the poor and the orphans and the widows. They were not releasing the indebted slaves on the Jubilee year. They were worshiping other gods in different places, generally not living up to the covenant. So he was going to show them the price of that. The price of their failure to live up to their responsibilities to God was loss of God's protection the vineyard, as Isaiah said, would be allowed to go to ruin. And that's exactly what happened. The Babylonians came in, conquered the people of Israel, and took them away into exile for many generations before they were allowed to return back home. So when the chief priests and the elders sit there listening to Jesus tell this parable, they would have recognized it right away. In fact, uh, the first couple of uh, Uh, lines in the gospel after where we stopped reading today tells us exactly that. They recognized themselves in what Jesus said, and it made them angry, angry enough to want to pursue him and kill him. So why does Matthew relate this in his gospel? At the time Matthew wrote the gospel to a mostly Jewish Christian audience, one of the big concerns of the day was why weren't the other Jews coming on board with Christianity? Why weren't their friends, their neighbors, their relatives seeing what they saw that Jesus was the fulfillment of the Old Testament promises? The first uh, Christians were predominantly Jewish. They actually considered themselves just Jewish but worshiping in a new way as they called it. But within a very, very short time it became apparent that Christianity was attracting more Gentiles than Jews And after the destruction of Jerusalem in the year 70 A.D., the church did indeed seem to be a vineyard leased to other tenants. My friends, today, we are now those other tenants. This means we must persist in living our gospel call to service and to discipleship. That call is not just a Sunday call. It's not just coming to Mass. That's good that you do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not fussing at you for that. We come to Mass to be immersed in the love and mercy of Jesus and to take it out into the world. It's not just a Sunday thing, it must pervade every aspect of our lives our families, our workplaces, our politics must all be lived in light of winning Christ, winning others to Christ. St. Paul tells us to keep doing the things that we have learned and received from him, from the other apostles, from the Gospels, from the church, in all circumstances. Elsewhere in Paul's writings, he talks about how you know, he's learned how to preach even when he's hungry, when he's had enough to eat, when he's poor, when he's had enough money, when he's been shipwrecked, stranded, prisoned, okay? But in every circumstance, hold fast to the gospel message. Live our life that way and we will feel the peace of God working in us and through us and others will notice it. Now God knows it's not always easy. In fact, it's very difficult most of the time. But Christ gave himself to us in the Eucharist to remind us about all of this to strengthen us in our struggles from day to day, to comfort us in our failures, and to show us what is possible when we give our all for him as he gave his all for us. So claiming Jesus as our Lord and Savior means conversion of heart and faithfulness to the mission that he gave us, to go out into his vineyard make disciples of all the world. God love you.